From Gimlet Media, this is Surprisingly Awesome. I'm Adam Davidson. I'm Adam McKay. The idea of this show is to take a topic that seems like, eh, sounds kind of boring, and reveal, no, it is not boring. It is fascinating. It is rich. It is exciting. It is surprisingly awesome. So you have brought me a a doozy today to bore me, to shatter my natural interest in subjects. Oh man, McKay, I cannot wait to get into this with you. Concrete. God damn, that's boring. I mean, I don't know if it's the most boring words you could say. There's a few others like credit card tray, particle board. Yeah, you've done well. My initial instinct is I don't care about that. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. So walk it. me through just some of the things you think about. When like what? I just start to get bored. I want to move on because I know there's no sense in even fighting that battle. Like roads are essential. Sidewalks are essential. It's not going anywhere. And I've skinned my knee probably in my lifetime about 15 times on concrete and pavement. So I think of that. And that's just annoying. Yeah. So it's not just boring. It's boring plus annoying. I don't. You're not even that passionately uninterested. No. no. It's like, eh, fine. And this I, is honest. And you know me. I'm a pretty curious guy. I trust you. So I suspect you're going to dig something out of this that's interesting, although I am dubious. But I wanted to bring someone else on the show who doesn't know you and is just going to give you a real reaction to this. <laughs> So our guest today is Lala Anthony. She's an actress, fashion designer, entrepreneur, best-selling author. She can be seen in the uh, Star's original drama series, Power. Uh, please welcome Lala Anthony. Hi. Hi, Lala. Hello, how are you? How are you? Good. So, first off, I want to give you permission to just be honest. So I am going to try. I'm My goal honest. is for you to tell someone tonight, concrete is really awesome. Let me tell you a little bit about concrete. Okay. And Lala, you're already thinking there's no way that's ever going to happen, right? Ever in life. The fact that I'm sitting here talking about it is already boring to me. <laughs> All right, so I have a big challenge. Let's start by imagining... It's 100 million years from now, far, far into the future. Humans as a species have long since disappeared. The steel in our buildings will have long since rusted away. All the homes we've made out of wood will have long since disintegrated. Almost all of our bones and everything else will be gone. All that will be left of our time, the key marker of everything human beings have done, will be this smushed layer of rock and that rock will be concrete. And imagine there's some species alive then, who knows what it'll be, that has something a lot like an archaeologist, and they start digging through the earth to figure out what came before. That will be what is left of our time on this planet. This will be known as the age of concrete. So what is this thing called concrete? Well, concrete is a mixture. It's a mixture of something called cement, and then a bunch of little rocks or sand, and water, and you mix them up together, and they harden into this rock substance known as concrete. And the key to all this is that substance cement. That's what turns loose gravel and sand and water into a rock that can last for millions and millions of years. 
cement actually owes its origin to something that happened millions and millions of years ago. Long before there were any earth-dwelling creatures, all living things lived in the water. And one of the most abundant things was this ancient kind of creature known as a trilobite. You know those things that kind of look like a horseshoe crab? There were lots of different varieties, but they all had these shells made of calcium. I'm starting to get a little bored. I'm going to be oh, honest. Really? Yeah, oh, oh yeah. really? Okay, that's good to know. Lala, how are you holding up? I, I, I started running the lines for my audition later. Oh, in my yeah. life. Okay. You right. are supposed to be 100% honest. Okay. And I, that's why I was like, I damn, up. how am I going to play this cop again? Well, you started really strong. But I started yeah, strong, yeah, but strong, but I lost you with the trilobites. Okay. Well, I found that whole thing fascinating, by the way, but we'll skip over it. So the next thing I want to talk about is how human beings harnessed cement. Now, I remember when I was in college, I took this course and they told us the history of human civilization. It's human beings started as hunter-gatherers. Cement, we thought, came really late in human history because to make it, you needed a fire that's 3,000 degrees hot. And archaeologists assumed that there is no way that primitive hunter-gatherers could get a fire that hot. But then, just in the last few years, there's been a series of discoveries that have just rocked the world of archaeology. We now know that long before human beings ever cooked bread, when we were still hunter-gatherers living in caves, we were somehow making cement. All right, that actually blows my mind. How is that possible when you just said you have to heat it to 3,000 degrees. So when you go to the foothills of the Taurus Mountains in Turkey, that is where the very first human beings left the caves, left... I didn't even know that, by the way. Yeah. So I that's kind of cool. I didn't know that place in Turkey either. I was so just I Africa. Yeah. Hello. I always thought Africa too. <laughs> yeah. Well, human beings started in Africa, but the first okay. villages, the first... I mean, actually, the problem was... civilization, I guess, yeah. he's saying. Because yeah. Africa was actually too abundant. Me. Africa... Like, there's too much food, so people didn't need to come so together come in that okay. way. It's also interesting. Yeah, because You're it, on a roll. I'm going right. to give it up okay, to you. Okay, all right, you're doing good. good. This is in the foothills of the Taurus Mountains in southern Turkey. And one of the theories is that around 12,000 years ago, long before animals had been fully domesticated and plants had been domesticated, before we were heating food, back when we were scrounging around for raw meat and eating grubs and whatever... Somebody, it might have been just one person going for a walk one day, and they saw a lightning strike, hit some limestone, and then they found this powder there. And somehow they got this powder and water together. And this is cement. And you can just imagine, I mean, that's cool now, but just imagine what that must have been like to some hunter-gatherer walking through the fields one day. And so... We don't know exactly how it happened. It might have been one person seeing this and saying, hey, I want to do that again. Maybe it was a group of people. But basically, the idea is that they realized lightning did that. Lightning's hot. We need to heat this limestone up. And we obviously don't know exactly how it worked, but I like to imagine it was some early genius, some Stone Age Thomas Edison who spent, you know, maybe 20 years experimenting and experimenting and eventually finding a way to build a giant oven. We call it a burgundy bottle kiln. It kind of looks like the top of a bottle of wine. And they throw the limestone in there. They put lots and lots of wood in there till it gets super, super hot. And then he or she, we don't know. Probably a she. Probably a yeah. she. Would then have this powder and would mix it with water. And then they could start forming rocks in specific shapes. And you could imagine 
that other people would see this person, this shaman or whatever, as some kind of magician. I mean, it really was magic. This was a person who could control fire and rock. Yeah, sounds like Harry Potter. Or, yeah, or exactly. I was going to say a burning man. Yeah, and so the theory is that 12,000 years ago, on this hilly area of southern Turkey, there's this crazy fire kiln thing going on. There's this limestone being converted into sand, which was converted into human-controlled rocks. And hunter-gatherers from all over began coming there. It became a sacred place, a, a holy place. So what we imagine is that hunter-gatherers from all around, living in tiny little kinship groups, would come together and work together to chop down trees and help this magic happen. And it's the first church, and it still is there now. You could go to Turkey right now and see it. And it seems very possible that act brought people together above like the family level into like something like the very beginning of civilization. And shockingly, it's centuries later, hundreds of years later, that they start thinking like, hey, we got all this heat. Let's see what hot food, hot meat tastes like. Let's start like smashing some of these grasses and, and mix those with water and make bread. So it, it seems wow. like this cement actually is what brings people together. That's amazing. Wait, did you just do this to Lala and I? Did you just argue that cement is the reason for modern civilization? Cement is the first time people who weren't directly related gathered together for a common purpose. And what we see is where you see that cement a few centuries later, you see small villages. A few centuries later, you see larger cities. Eventually, you see massive civilization. We actually know that all the wheat eaten in the world, because they can genetically tell this, comes from right there. So wheat is domesticated right there, where these people wow. are doing the cement stuff. The first sheep and goat and cows, they all come from there. There's also evidence that Indo-European languages, so that's English, that's all of European languages, that's the major language groups in India, are from that area too. So all the attributes of modern civilization come from that little place. In Turkey. In Turkey, southeastern yeah, Turkey. The idea that concrete is like at the beginning of modern civilization and the rallying point for the you know structures that built the first cities and villages right. and... That's mind-blowing. Right. Mind-blowing. I love that. It was just interesting to me because there is a history behind it. It's something that you don't even think twice about when you're walking or seeing. And now it's like, oh, wow, there's history behind this. Coming up after the break, we will fast forward 12,000 years and learn how concrete is central to the lives of billions of people and will determine whether they have long, healthy lives or tragic short ones. Welcome back to Surprisingly Awesome. I'm Adam Davidson. I'm Adam McKay. And today we have a special guest, actress Lala Anthony. Hello, how are you? Before the break, we were talking about how cement 
quite possibly created human civilization. And it definitely made it possible for us to live in these big crowded cities. And that's, I guess, a positive thing. But there is a huge negative effect of concrete on human life. I was in Haiti very soon after the earthquake hit, and I saw in person what you saw on TV. There was everywhere crumbled buildings, crumbled shopping malls, crumbled hotels with bits of metal rebar sticking out of them. Even the presidential palace, their White House, was destroyed. I was actually interviewing the president of Haiti at the time, Rene Preval. We were in a back building, a, a small building that hadn't collapsed, and we were in the middle of the interview, and there was a small aftershock. These were happening all the time, as they often do after a big earthquake. And the president of Haiti freaked out. He bolted for the door and said, let's get out, let's get out, let's get out. And remember, these were happening all the time. This was a very mild aftershock, but it just showed what trauma he had experienced. What I kept hearing from government officials, from people on the street, from engineers, was the earthquake in Haiti, this was not a natural disaster. This was a concrete disaster. Oh, I didn't know that. I find that interesting. That earthquake in Sichuan, China back in 2008, the earthquake in 2005 in Pakistan, these are generally not natural disasters. These are concrete disasters, all for the same reason. And it's a very simple yet horrible reason. Economically, there's a huge incentive to make concrete badly. Cement is very expensive. And so if you're an unscrupulous builder... Yeah, you're trying to find a cheaper way to do it. You cut back. On the cement. You hold back a little bit of cement. It looks the same. But it's not going to be as But it's not going to hold up. Ah. Right. And so the buildings shatter. So we we went to Brooklyn to a concrete mixing factory. You ready? Yeah. Yeah, we got one of our brand new trucks. got about a yard of concrete in it. Give it a second. You'll hear it roar. This is King Building Materials. This is where we actually make the concrete. And this guy is Philip. Philip what? Mazone. And I asked Philip to walk me through all the ingredients that go into the concrete they make here. Cement, fly ash, stone, sand, water, and admixtures, chemicals. But cement, cement is the biggie. Cement is a percentage. You're going to get me on numbers here, buddy. (laughs) Cement is... I'd say about 15% of the mix. But cement's the most expensive part? Yes, most expensive. Without cement, there's no binding. So if we lowered that to 10%, you could save a lot of money on cement. Yeah, sure, you could save money. But you also can't have a job site collapse on you. So basically, an engineer tells you what to use. You can't cheat. You can cheat, but you don't want to cheat. Because you will be caught. You are going to get caught. Philip told me there are lots of people on the job sites where he delivers his concrete, taking samples and making sure there is plenty of cement in it. There are government inspectors, the developer has their own inspectors. Now, after the earthquake, I spent a lot of time in Haiti. I've also spent a lot of time in Iraq, and I can tell you they do not test there like they do here. Something I've noticed in a lot of poor countries is the cement and concrete business is huge. It is a major force in their economies. Here's a way I think about it. If I went up to President Obama and said, hey, who is the top concrete guy in America? Who would that be? And of course, he'd say, I I don't know. And if you asked him, well, who are the top business people? He'd say, well, I guess the Google guys, the head of Goldman Sachs, the head of General Electric. 
But if you go up to the president of Haiti, the president of Iraq, the president of almost any country in sub-Saharan Africa or much of Southeast Asia, Latin America, and you say, who's the top concrete guy? He will definitely know. In fact, if you went up to René Prival, the president of Haiti at the time of the earthquake and asked, who are the top concrete people in your country? He'd definitely know one of them because it was his wife's family. CDG Concrete, which is one of the leading concrete companies in Haiti, was, and this was widely reported at the time, owned by the family of the president's wife. And you often hear that in very poor countries. The richest people run the concrete business. And broadly, around the world, you often see these powerful families also owning the companies that buy the concrete to make buildings and hospitals and schools Uh, and airports. Corruption. No one has proved that for Haiti, but I will say, very often, it's just a tiny handful of families controlling all of that concrete. The last thing I will just say, because to me, this was actually the most important. I don't know if it's the most interesting, but the most important. So cement is a major contributor to CO2 emissions, to dirtying up our air. Okay. Um, I didn't know this at all. We went to a cement plant. We saw the process. They're blowing up limestone cliffs, bringing the rocks, bringing them into this massive furnace. It's like a city block, two city blocks long, this giant furnace with just jets of coal blasting into it. Do you want to take a walk under the kiln? Yeah. Lorraine Facenda, the plant manager at Lafarge Cement in rural Pennsylvania, showed me this. There were actually two of these massive furnaces, although only one was running the day I visited. Yeah, right here, right? Right here. Yeah. Yeah, it's much But it's like 3,000 degrees right above our heads. Uh, 1850C, yeah. 1850C. So 3,000 or so Fahrenheit. But it's not that I mean, it's still cold where we are. It's just less cold. cold. But if you were to walk up next to the kiln or into the preheater, you would certainly feel warm. And if I walk into the cold. In the preheater in the winter and somewhere else in the summer. (laughs) Is everyone wearing masks? No. Okay. Um, but they, they have air scrubbers. It actually was less dirty than you'd think, although it was very dusty. Um, so that heat is a huge problem right there. But then the process itself, like what is happening chemically inside, is the limestone is releasing carbon dioxide as it converts into this new material called cement. And so it's it's more than airplanes. It's, it's like the number three. It's like after cars, um, after coal, it's the next big, big, big one. But there's something amazing about cement that makes it totally different from every other greenhouse gas-emitting product, which is it actually can be a net positive. There's ways of making cement that are... um, where the, that same process that releases CO2 actually absorbs CO2. There's ways of embedding these materials within the concrete in a building that when it's hot, it absorbs heat and cools the building, and when it's cold, it releases heat. So it's, it eliminates the need for air conditioning and heating, et cetera. So the last thing I would just say is, like, I know you, you, you very much care about the environment. You yes. annoy and bore your family on hey, it. You I care me. about the You care about the environment. Yeah. I'm going to guess Lala does as well. Yeah. 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 And... You hear a lot about electric cars. You care a lot about 
you, sure. you support right. Tesla. You hear a lot about coal and trying to move away from coal. Have you ever heard anyone talk about cement or concrete? Is that part I, of the- I con- have never heard that. Is there a chance, Lala, that you would host a benefit for concrete to absorb CO2? I think so. Seriously? I think so. Wow. wow. I think because now that I'm understanding it more, yes. And I, I, I did learn a lot today that I didn't know. And, and I found it to be quite interesting. You know what he got me on the most natural disasters are concrete that disasters. Was, now that was very interesting to me. Yeah. It that might have been the best thing actually. It's like to the point, this might sound crazy, but like when I get in the car, I'm probably gonna call my friend like, I gotta tell you what this happened. <laughs> Did you notice about concrete? And they'll probably hang up on me, but still the point is, I feel like I need to share this knowledge with someone. Maybe my son who's seven will be somewhat interested when I pick him up now and I tell him about concrete. That's amazing. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah. I gotta say, I have a huge smile on my face. That makes me feel very <laughs> proud. This episode of Surprisingly Awesome was produced by Alex Koppelman, Robin Woley, and Rachel Ward. It was edited by Alex Bloomberg. Original music for this episode by Tyler Strickland and also the band HotMoms.gov. HotMoms.gov is John Delore along with his bandmates, Jordan Scanella, Sam Merrick, Isamu McGregor, John Lado, Dominic Falicaro. Our theme music is by the fabulous Nicholas Bertel. The Reverend John Delore and Michael Garofalo mix this episode. Our ad music is by Build Buildings. We'll be back in two weeks with more Surprisingly Awesome. We'd love your ideas of topics that lots of people think sound really boring, but are secretly awesome. Please tweet at us at Surprising Show or visit our Facebook page. You can also email us at surprisinglyawesome at gimletmedia.com. Surprisingly Awesome is a production of Gimlet Media. <laughs>